Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Social Justice, the New American Revolution. I am your host, Jamal. I am here with my co-host, Marie. Say hi. Hello. Hey, how you been? I've been good. Awesome. So today, we have two special guests. Special. <laughs> Carol and Mary, how are you guys doing today? We're good. Great. Yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Of course, and we're extremely glad that you're here. So in no particular order, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Just sure. a little. Sure. In no order. Yes. When hey, you're Carol, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I am a 49-year-old uh, uh, mother of two kids, married. I live in uh, a little part of Philadelphia called Maniunk. Um, I'm a... Ashtanga yoga teacher. So I teach uh, full time um, yoga and, you know, wellness and mindfulness in life and, um, you know, trying to stay present with, uh, you know, who we are and where we are in our lives. So that's pretty much what I do, you know, every day, all day. Yeah. Awesome. Mary? Great. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, Mary Holt Pallone. I am, um, yeah, I'm actually a, a mental health nurse uh, and also a psychotherapist. And I um, have always, you know, worked with uh, various populations, actually. I'm a mindfulness practitioner and a mindfulness teacher, um, have been practicing for, you know, a, a good uh, 15 plus years. Um, yeah, and just really helping you know, people from all walks of life um, to, you know, live better lives and uh, really live authentically and be present to who they are. Um, yeah, so, you know, of my own practice as well. So, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's get going. Okay, awesome. So just to kind of tie in why our guests are here tonight, uh, we will be focusing on the topic of mental health specifically and how um, it is being affected by current events um, happening with the racial tensions and different things um, in society. So Thank you for your introduction. We're excited to get started. Um, so my first question is, and you can do a little backtrack of, you know, if you need, if you feel you need to, as far as what's happening. Um, my first question is, how do you guys feel the current racial climate is affecting everyone's mental health? Jump in, whoever wants to go first. Um, a big yeah. old question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Starting. We're jumping right in. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it has, um, you know, mental health is certainly a hot topic right now. Um, and it has drastically affected, um, you know, on a personal level, of course, mm -hmm. and we can see widespread mm -hmm. um, just the levels of tension, the levels of anxieties, fears. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think the... <laughs> world or maybe country as a whole um, is in a full state of um, declining mental health, unfortunately. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I think it has drastically affected it's, you know, we can definitely go, you know, more specifically into it, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Carol, your thoughts. Wow. That's a big question. So, I mean, I guess, you know, Meryl, piggyback what you said, I see a lot of declining mental health. I've seen it actually for a while now. Um, but what I see specifically is sort of this fight or flight mechanism that people are in, right? Either want to get in there and start punching or they want to mm -hmm. fly off and um, drink more alcohol at night or mm -hmm. you know, um, climb into bed early or eat foods they don't typically eat. Um, and that's what I'm seeing in the population of people that I work with, you know, mm -hmm. as well as people that I have been, you know, in contact with, you know, sort of you see it on Facebook, like, oh, ha ha ha, you know, like started drinking at you know, one o'clock today or whatever, those kinds of things, you know, it's funny and people laugh about it. But, you know, as Mary said, it's like a declining mental health. It's like this inability to sit quietly and say, wow, you know, how am I feeling? What's going on for me? Um, and then I, you know, I look at like my kids and I see their anxiety has really risen um, to an uncomfortable level, you know, where they feel a sense of fear, a sense of uncertainty, coupled also with, you know, we do live in Philly and, right. you know, we're, I feel really fortunate to live in a place where we, it's an incredibly liberal city, you know, it's a city that is, you know, it just, um, it's a working class blue collar city. And so my kids are surrounded by very liberal voices, you know, mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, black people or LGBTQ, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're surrounded every single day by lots of diversity. And so they have always known that. Um, but what I see for them is this almost complete misunderstanding and, and inability to comprehend, like, how do you not see everyone equally like they yeah. don't get it yeah raised ever to you know they came around with barack obama right in their you know views so you know it's interesting i we say in our yoga classes like everyone feels a little bit like prickly like they're walking on eggshells mm -hmm. all of the time and i feel like that's been the general state mentally and emotionally for people um of late Mm -hmm. And it's escalating. It's escalating for sure. Yeah. So, Carol, it's really interesting you say that about how your daughters don't understand any other view. And that's really where I struggle with it, too. When I see examples, you know, on social media or I hear stories or I read things about um, people just being so cruel to one another for no reason and all of these evil, evil things that... Yeah. You know, I just really, it really blows my mind and I'll never understand how someone can be in that mindset of justifying their actions. That's really what I think I struggle the most with this entire situation is just how can you have so much hate in your heart to justify the actions that you're, you know, doing to other people all the time and you think in their mind, they think that's the only way. It's just, it's right. really, really crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just want to say I was, I was actually talking with a friend uh, just the other day who had called me just outraged because of um, one of her family members just getting slandered on social media um, and being called out and uh, about, you know, 
some of the cruelty that you're kind of talking about. And um, I think what all of this has really brought, I mean, granted, I'm sitting here, part of me doesn't even feel, you know, worthy enough to really speak um, on the topic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I and I realize kind of, I guess, how I drill it down for myself is, you know, this kind of human condition, um, yeah. this human condition and the ability of my mind and my heart to judge. Mm -hmm. Right. No matter yeah. what, um, it just happens, you mm -hmm. know, and now oftentimes yeah. that is most of the time is my own fear. It's all fear based. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. I, this has really been a call for me personally to um, really, like Carol was saying in the beginning, kind of go within yeah. and look at every time. And that's what I kind of presented my friend with yeah. is, you know, her outrage um, and her, you know, kind of anger and sadness about that whole situation. Um, what is it inside of us? What is it inside of me right. that, blocks me from understanding mm -hmm. and just having compassion or maybe not even understanding like how you're saying i can't comprehend same here i can't comprehend but what i do know is that or what i trust is that i myself have really hurt people mm -hmm. i've done that i've done that in the past out of fear i still do it and i try not to sometimes i do it out of um you know all sorts of various reasons and sometimes i just get blinded so it's really been a call for me to try to really practice <laughs> on a moment-to-moment -moment basis compassion understanding when i don't understand right um so yeah it's just uh it, it is and and i really do feel like it has to start here with me yep uh, like you were saying carol like in my house yeah. You know, the and me being aware of like the little times, like I judge my kids, I judge, you know, the person walking down the street, like yeah. just because, so it's all this whole big thing about difference, yeah. you know, that my mind has such a challenge with difference, right? Threaten me in some way. So I get scared. I really need to continue to, you know, like do my practices that I do <laughs> so I can stay on top of that because the only answer I can find for this is like, it's all about separation. How yeah. can I come closer together to you that I, not just you, but to anyone, especially when I don't understand them. Yeah. Yeah. How can I come together with them? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we could talk forever about that, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, let's just hang around here for a little bit. So what you said about feeling worthy of speaking, um, on this podcast about what we're talking about. So I, you know, I kind of feel that as well. I feel that my voice is not a voice that should be heard right now. I need to be advocating for other voices, particularly voices of color. And then what you say about you really digging deep into yourself to try to figure out your own, you know, um, preconceived judgments or whatever they may be. I think that's really important. And like you said, that's where we all do need to start, especially um, white people need to really, you know, dig deep from where we have our own personal judgments and 
ignorance is just of never experiencing, you know, different struggles that people of color experience all the time. And I think that um, we do need to listen and just be open-minded to really educating ourselves and doing the work to learn about different experiences and different points of view and what other people go through in order to be able to advocate for those voices because the world that we live in, white voices will be listened to first. And, you know, as terrible as it is. So um, I think that's really interesting, you know, what you said about really having to dig deep as far as feeling worthy to be here to talk, so. Yes, because I also, like even that, and and I realize that right now it's, it, it is the black and the white, right? And there are so many other colors in the midst of that. Yeah. And I in no way want to take away from my heart breaks, my soul breaks for mm -hmm. the experiences, which I can't even fathom that those of color have experienced for centuries and are experiencing. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where my sense of kind of um, or part of where my sense of unworthiness comes in. And when you say like, you know, that white people, I want to say, you know what I want to say? I want to say every freaking human being. It's not like, uh, part of me feels like, you know, I, like, I'm so saddened by what's happening for the black community um, and, or has been happening. And I also really, in a huge way, I have no idea how this is going to sound, but I so want to thank them as well. Yep. for being the humans to to kind of carry that burden for so long and Very now yeah. to like come in and be strong enough you know to make this change hopefully right yeah. and so it's like i i realize that it's black and white but man like if we drill it down it's every human mm -hmm. every human i don't care if you are white and white i don't care if there's another woman that is has every kind of demographic exactly like me Guess what my mind's gonna do? Find some way to separate myself from her, right? That's just, it's like, just, it is there. Right. So yes, it's like, this is a call for humans. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Our, you know, our, our lovely, you know, our amazing black community wouldn't be in this situation, right? If humans could just act like humans. I mean, if right. we could, you know, base ourselves off the, you know, if we could just, like Carol was saying in the beginning, kind of sit back and like own my stuff, man. Yeah. Before I go slandering someone, can I own what I'm, can I, can I think like, what am I, like, what's going on for me? Right. What am I afraid of? You know, so. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely where it has to start. And that's also important that you say that too, because I saw something recently, it's not, it shouldn't be black versus white, it shouldn't be Republican versus Democrat. It needs to be right versus wrong and everyone versus systemic racism. And I think, Mary, when you say, when everyone gets that through their mind, I hopefully will be able to stop, to start breaking down the barriers in order to develop a more wholesome community so that everybody can tackle this problem together. Yeah, I really feel like the longer we continue to sit as black and white, the further and further and further away we're going to get from humanity. We're all just human beings. And, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds so contrite to say, oh, it's one big planet. And can't we all, can't we like kumbaya, but it's the truth. Like mm -hmm. 
is the longer we continue with the labels, you're black, you're white, you're gay, you're straight, you're, you know, bi, you're, that is the separation. That in yeah. and of itself is the judgment. That okay. itself is the distance that is created, right? And when Mary talked about like, she doesn't feel worthy, you know, I felt that for a little while and I did my practice, you know, my yoga practice today. And I thought what came up for me as I finished my practice and was lying quiet in rest was I am worthy. I'm a voice on this planet. I'm a human being on this planet. I'm raising children in this world, in this city with so much unrest. I'm worthy and my voice needs to be heard and your voice and that voice and what, whoever you are, we, you know, it really has to be a human issue, not a black and white issue mm -hmm. or a black and brown or, you know, it has to be a human issue or it won't yes. be solved. The other piece. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. I, I so love that. And the other piece is like, you know, the little VS period that stands in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. This versus that. Right. Wow. <laughs> there it is. That is. It's like, man, could it be and yeah, this and that, this and that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we went, went off on a tangent, but that's okay. So now too, but like that was all relevant for the, for the whole conversation. Right. So now just to bring that back to, um, obviously it's affecting everybody's mental health. We're, we're questioning our worthiness. We're feeling guilty. I've been feeling guilty just that, yeah. you know, I haven't experienced all of these things and I've been doing so much. I've been putting so much effort into trying to read and learn and talk to other people and just educate myself on our history and all of the struggles and the oppression that people have gone through in this country black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. And, you know, it's really been eye opening. And then, you know, I kind of, I try not to beat myself up in the fact that how have I never known this before? I've been living blissfully ignorant for 30 years. And, you know, before really being in the relationship with my husband, have I been, I've never really been, I guess, aware of, how complex all of these, you know, these problems are, so to speak. So um, just to really struggle with that. And then, um, and then just let's add on the whole pandemic that's currently happening. Oh. So of course, <laughs> right. Um, oh, right. Perspective of hot messes. Right. So let's yeah. talk about a little bit about how we feel uh, that has impacted the racial tension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the, on the heels of isolation, mm -hmm. have been forced to be with yourselves mm -hmm. and, and others that might kind of trigger some stuff for you for weeks on end. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just a, uh, it is the trifecta of, you know, it's, a, it, it's just a brewing station for, everything that we just saw the riots right i was going to ask how do you guys feel about that impact how do you guys feel that affected the protests and the riots i wow so i think it's been um a breeding ground for discomfort um i mean you know as mary said it's been weeks and weeks well a couple months of isolation right 
So we're all out of our rhythm. We're not doing our normal things like running around, busying ourselves with tasks, whether it's work or kids or running, you know, just the things we normally do in our daily day-to-day life. And then all of a sudden you're that's stripped from you, your home, you're having to find new ways to work. Your mind is going crazy. Um, completely being out of your element, maybe on all kinds of, of footing, you know, anxiety. I've watched people's anxiety just rise to the surface in new ways. Um, I've noticed an increase in sort of depressive symptoms in some of my clients, a lot of my students I've seen. Um, and you know, in myself too, like this feeling of a lack of control and sort of reverting back to my old habits, you know, before I, um, like I, I see old patterns popping up and there's nowhere to run from that. You can't like, you can't just get away from it. Right. You have to like sit with yourself and deal with it. Um, and then, you know, you, so, and then the, the health fear as well, there's health concerns and people are concerned about their health, their family, you're isolated from your family members, maybe. Um, and then, you know, how could, how could that not impact? When you see the I, video of George Floyd with the, with the knee on his I neck. I mean, you, you're, you're, it's a breeding ground for, I need an outlet. Um, right. You know what I mean, so. I mean, it's, it's like Mary said, like it's the perfect storm brewing. And it's almost like I, there were a couple of times where I sat outside myself almost and watched it like a third person, like, wow, this is really like watching this unfold, sort of being in it, but being a witness to it also, that sense of like, it's not the big me in it, it's the small me. And just really watching people's behavior. Um, it's like a movie. It's like a movie, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, my kids actually um, had said, my son actually had said, you know, I remember watching these, you know, movies of like, you know, in the future, 2050, 20 something. And uh -huh. this is, here we are, with, you know, the National Guard on the ground and yeah. you know, <laughs> the tanks and the guns. Like, yes, this yeah. is it. Yeah. 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 Um, what you were saying, Carl, earlier about feeling that you are fortunate to live in Philly, which is a liberal city. How have you seen any of the videos of the Philly police and how they've been pushing yeah. back towards the citizens? How do you feel about that? I mean, it's really um, disconcerting to me. It's alarming to me. It's not anything I didn't already know about. Um, listen, I'm going to just say something right here and it might not sound great, but you know, it's my personal belief that you should have have more education to be a police officer. I feel like you should have to have more formal education. You should have to, you know, I feel like it's very much a homebred kind of, particularly in Philly, um, a homebred, like my dad was a cop, my uncle's a cop, my bubba's a cop, da, 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 you know what I mean? And um, what you see a lot, and not just here, but I've seen it for years living in Philly. It's a, it's a very blue blood, um, they stick with their own. Um, I've, I've witnessed it a lot. Now that's coupled also with many of the cops I know also, and you know, my husband knows a lot of them are incredibly great guys. You know, there's a, there's like a chain of command that exists and it's like the old guard fighting with the new guard. Um, you know, I had an experience with an officer, a white officer, older gentleman downtown uh, last year when I was picking up my daughter and I was parked out front of the school and it was about two minutes to her dismissal time. And um, 
I heard him yelling something as he was crossing the street, but it's busy. It's out Broad Street. I don't, I can't hear anything. And he's yelling and yelling. And I'm just sort of looking around. At first I was just looking at my phone. And then he came right to my window and screamed at me. You can't park here, move your car. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm just waiting for my daughter to get out of school. I'm just, you know, whatever. And he's like, what are you deaf? You can't park here. And I immediately was like, so taken back. And I was like, that's just so like rude. Like you're, you're, you're supposed to be protecting and serving the public. And the thought came to my head. Like if I was a black woman sitting in that car, I probably would have been pulled out of the car asked, you know what I mean? I feel like it would have been a very different experience. That was my next question for you. <laughs> um, and I had that conscious thought as I pulled my car away. And I also like was like, you're just rude. I want your badge number. I want to know no. who you are. You can't talk to people that way. Like, um, so I, yeah, I mean, I do live in a super liberal city, but I also see, I don't see that a lot from, from officers, if I'm quite honest. Like, it's just my, I, and I don't see it a lot from the police force here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I have a question. Okay. So we were on a podcast, uh, last week and someone on the podcast said he doesn't see, he doesn't believe there are ever good cops. He believes that once you take the badge off, there are good people and there are bad people, but there are no such thing as good cops. Do he's, Hispanic, he looks white. Um, but do you, what do you think about that specific comment? Um, like, do we agree with it or what does that? I do feel sadness when I hear that. I mean, I also, me too. Uh, just because I, I do know some now here's the, 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 here's the other thing. I mean, it's hard to get, anywhere or have any kind of conversations without these labels, right? So here we are again, good cop, bad cop. Right. Um, so I, yes, I mean, I actually know some uh, officers as well that are really struggling with this whole experience yeah, also they, because they of the kind of generalization. Yep. Um, now working, you know, as a psychotherapist for years, I understand um, how these kind of generalized patterns of thought occur. Man. And so, you know, the world is an unsafe place. That's one of them for some people, you know, um, all like, you know, for some women, all men cheat, right? So yeah. you get these patterns in your head because of your experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that person or that man had a certain mm -hmm. experience um, necessarily where it comes from, from him. But yeah, I do feel sadness. I, I don't agree because listen, you know, here I am. I mean, I try to live my life, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm judged often, you know, uh, or for various reasons, you know, um, I was judged as a kid for different things. And um, I try to live my life now, you know, being conscious of when my mind is labeling something or when I'm generalizing, you know, all, and it happens a lot. My mind does that a lot. And I try to, let go of that as much as possible. So then I can see you for who you are. Right. You know, what does cop mean? What does cop mean? Right. That's a concept. Officer is a concept. 
can I see you for who you are yeah. new in every moment? That is hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that has to be an active conscious effort. Yes. To do in the moment, wait, am I generalizing? Am I judging? Why am I thinking this way? How can I step out of this yes. to try and change the words and, and actions that are already happening right now? Oh my God, Maria. Right? You know, it's interesting, Jamal, when you asked that, the first thing that came to my head, too, like Mary said, was sadness. I felt immediate, like, oh, my God, I'm so, that's so sad. Um, because what we all know is that not all groups of people are any one way. We're all different, different human beings. We have different experiences. Um, yeah, that brought me a, a sense of, like, that's sad, you know. Um, and it's, and also what Mayor said too is, you know, I one, I don't know what his experience was or, or, or is, had been with, with officers or the badge, as you said, like, I don't know, but, um, you know, having practices, getting back to the whole mental health, having practices in your life that continuously call you to be present in every moment, aware presence, you know effort towards steadying the mind, practices that constantly bring you to that place of steadying your mind, calming your mind, watching your thoughts, no matter what they are without judgment. You know, these are the kinds of things that can help you, whoa, stop in the moment and say, I'm judging. I, you know, how can I be different, better, choose my words carefully, you know? And I think that there's not a better time in the world than right now for these kinds of practices to exist. Totally. So how do we, to piggyback off of that idea a little bit, how do we, let's take, let's take a scared black man and a racist white cop. Let's just take those two scenarios. As mental health professionals, how would we, how do I word this question? Let's put ourselves in either of those two shoes. How do we actively change our minds to start changing the narrative and changing our judgments to improve our relationships? Does that question make sense? Did you, I'm sorry, Marie, did you say a scared black man or a scary black man? A scared. Oh, I was like, okay. Okay. I was, I was like, what? Okay. A scared black man and a racist white cop, yikes. Right. If you're saying, so we have to get rid of the labels, right? And we have to start taking steps to change, consciously change our mind to start, you know, being aware of these things. So if we, for those two particular examples, what would be the first steps? Okay. I, I think part of it, um, part of it, you just, part of it, you, you, you answered the question partly. Yeah. You said, if we were to put ourselves in their shoes there it is which is almost incomprehensible right because never ever could i fully know what it's like to be in your shoes or the scared black man's shoes or the what we're going to call racist right white cop yeah. and like letting go of the labels absolutely easier said than done mm -hmm. I've been at this for 18 plus years, trying yeah. to be mindful yeah. every day of the labels that I use and how they separate me from people yeah. and from myself. Um, and so 
I just really want to make that blanket statement that it's like, it's not something that just happens overnight. It like mm -hmm. you said, it's a continual practice. And I think it starts there. Can I even imagine what it would be like to be you? Yeah, that's probably step one. I, I yeah. Yeah. Just imagine it. Then the other question is, um, yeah, or some of the, you know, there's a lot of questions, you know, some of the questions that I have to ask myself. What's, you know, what is my, what's my goal as a human being? My goal as a human being is to connect with mm -hmm. people, is to really, we are social beings, you know, how can I connect here? What am I afraid of? That's, yeah. that's one of the biggest questions I ask myself as well. You know, so if I'm that scared black man, what am I afraid of? If I'm the racist white cop, what and I, I realize that we're using strong labels here. What what am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. What what are they both afraid of? Right, because that's where it comes from. Right, that's fear where it comes from. It's fear. It's fear. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what's the answer to that fear? Love. <laughs> How do you change your mindset to feel that though? I don't know. Not me. Me speaking as either of those two people. So, it's a long process for me. What'd you say? I would think that's a long process. Yeah, it's a long process, probably lifelong. I mean, in my experience, uh, you know, I know that the more that I try to practice it, the more that I try to practice understanding you to the best of my ability, the closer I get to you. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I'm raging. Or somebody's raging towards me yeah. or at me. The question that I ask sometimes is, how can we, how do you think we can come together here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think we should do? Mm -hmm. Right? My ego gets up. Mm -hmm. it gets yeah. out. I want to start defending. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm afraid, you know, I need to protect myself, all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah. So if I can, you know, let go a little bit and try to understand what it's like for you. Help me understand where you're coming from. Agreed. I really want to understand you more. Yeah. Carol, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think about like, if there's ever a place to start in terms of growth or change, it starts with awareness, right? Like you have to, there has to be a point in your life where an awareness comes to you. Um, you know, where you say, wow, you know, you know, as Mary said, like, I'm having a lot of fear right here. Mm -hmm. Fear, what's that about? But something has to bring you to that sense of that place of awareness, right? Um, whatever that is, I mean, and that's different for everyone, whatever it is. But, and I'll go back again to the practice, these mindfulness practices, practices of staying still, watching discomfort, watching what arises. These are tools that help you find awareness in every situation. You do become clearer about your motives, who you are. What you, you know, it just happens over time, sort of naturally, when you take the time to quiet down and be still. Um, um, it's sort of and a natural... responsibility, don't you think, Carol? I mean, what? What? the other piece is a sense of responsibility. Like, yeah. I have taken, yeah, you know, yeah, I've taken full responsibility that if I'm upset right. about yes. something, it is not you. I agree, Mary. 
It's something within me. If I feel irritated, frustrated, annoyed, angry, yeah, you're just being you. Yeah, I'm mayor. Right on. It's my own stuff. It's my own judgment. It's my own intolerance. It's my own fear. It's whatever. Yeah, and that's again that ability to look at yourself, right? That ability to see yourself, right? Instead of blaming, 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 finger pointing. It's you. It's you. They did this to me. They did that to me. They, right? Um, it's the ability to sit inside and say, what's my part in this? You know, I think that's how things shift. When people yeah, and look at when you think about the experience, you know, the situation that we, you know, when we think about George Floyd oh. and the officer, I mean, imagine how that could have gone. Right. So theoretically thinking about the officer being in a power position. Right. And if he could have said something like, huh. how can we work together here? Yeah. The situation might have been different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things I have to say about that situation that I feel like we could go on all night about, right? And you just really try to put yourself in... I've tried to put myself in that officer's mind, right? How, like, because you look at the picture and the face and he's so casually just sitting there and you're just like, how do you not realize what is happening right now and what you're doing to that person and you're listening to all the people around you cry out to please get off of this man because he's struggling to breathe and you hear the man telling you that he's struggling to breathe. Like, what is happening in your mind that is blocking you from the compassion that you need to be feeling in that moment as a human being and as an officer who swore to protect and serve. Right? So so far disconnected. How so are you disconnected? Right? How are you so far? Right. That's what to think for a man like that to really reach reconciliation. I don't know if that's the right word. He what a journey he has to go on, right? Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, and-, and the, you know, Go ahead, I'm sorry. You know, Mayor, it's like, it's, and, it go, and uh, again, it all goes back to, how do we connect with ourselves? It all goes back to that, right, Mayor? You said like, so disconnected from, like, almost like- Yes. Completely disconnected from humanity, completely yes. disconnected from, humanity just right you know um and listen i mean as a yeah i mean as a therapist you know even myself and not even being a therapist just as a a woman that you know i i have i you know this is and this is how i connect you know in my own way it's like i know disconnection you know yeah. i use drugs and alcohol to disconnect right for years right I'm dissociated Right. And you, you know, I was able to kind of disconnect my emotions um, right. to a point where, you know, I didn't feel when I hurt people. Right. You know, and am I proud of that? Absolutely not. You know, have I been on a journey to make amends for things? Yes. Um, and, you know, what I also know is that I'll never know what was going on for him. And you know, I'll never know. I can assume, and God knows the media, we have tons of opinions and ideas. But in truth, in that moment, 
I don't know even know if he knows. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting and probably what I'm going to say is, you know, pretty controversial, but you know, there was word that that officer is on suicide watch, right? Um, I didn't know that. You know, and it's interesting to me. I think, okay, so we go from one extreme to this other. I just How do like, we get there, right? I just wonder, you know, like so where does the humanity step in? At what point do we stop this cycle? At what point do we understand what did keep his knee on his neck for that long? Mm -hmm. At what point do we say, you know, listen, man, brother, what, what's going on? You know, hurt people, hurt people. That's a saying in recovery yes. rooms, hurt people, hurt people. You don't come to that situation I don't believe you come to that situation with, with love in your heart and, 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 um, I just, I just wonder at what point we begin to heal, mm -hmm. um, our own mental health, the mental and spiritual health of those who hurt people. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Mary. I mean, I just hope that, you know, these like conversations that you guys are brave enough to kind of and courageous enough to, yeah. you know, inspire yeah. that this is the healing because um, healing is ugly, man. Yeah. It's ugly. It is just, it smells, it hurts. Yep. It is just, it's not an easy ride he healing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I also just want to, you know, be clear that, I, I know there's a lot of, you know, we're talking a lot about like understanding and compassion and being able to put ourselves in other people's shoes and things. I also really want to just say that um, in no way do I mean going from feeling, you know, betrayed and violated and outraged to like this just clear jump to compassion and understanding. Exactly. You know, that there's there's a whole process between the two okay. <laughs> or the two kind of extra or ends of the spectrum right. and that all of those emotions in between are totally valid and needed as well. You know, what I hope is that, you know, we can find um, productive ways yeah. to use that energy because all, all the emotions that people feel, it's just energy. Yep. that we can find productive ways. You know, um, the other day, it's funny because I know, Marie, I texted this to you the other day. I was sitting there when we were talking about doing this podcast potentially. And, you know, the next morning or something, I have a cup of tea. And this, you know, the, the um, saying or the little phrase on my tea bag said, let your energy be used to build, not destroy. Yeah. So... You know, yeah, so I, I, I just, that is, that's my hope. And I know that's got to start with me. You yeah. know, where am I building every moment? That's been so clear to me, like um, just really trying to go through my days. Like how can I build and not destroy my relationships, my, you know, everything that I do? How can I build and connect rather than separate and destroy? Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, if you talk about, you know, um, if you talk about what you give out comes back to you, right? And you start putting all, all of these thoughts into the universe and then it's very ironic that you saw that message the next day, 
right? Yeah. It's just, I don't know, that's interesting. Yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, and and that's the other choice that we have too. Yeah. Right. I mean, we do have the choice, you know. Listen, all of my clients, I, I work with them in terms of like, yes, you know, there's there is a, a ton, obviously, that's out of our control, like the virus, like the, you know, the pandemic, the, you know, the yeah. the, the unrest that's happening, a lot of it, um, the uncertainties, all these things are yes, out of our control. There's there is a ton of stuff too that we do have control over. Yes, I have one hundred percent control over my behaviors. Yeah. I have 100% control over what my mouth says and doesn't say. Yeah. I have 100% control over what my mind thinks and doesn't think. Yep. I have control over that. And we all do. Right? So it's like Carol was saying, you know, pausing. <laughs> Just pause. Yeah. Before I act or say. And I don't do it perfectly all the time. God knows. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, how can we build rather than destroy? That's interesting. And it's important to recognize, too, that, um, you know, that you really need to make the effort to pause. And then, I don't know, because I think that's something probably that a lot of people struggle with. They are so quick to react to everything that's happening around them in an effort to feel some type of control, right? Yeah. That you forget to take the time to really think through what would be the best method to take. So, Well, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting, Marie. It's, um, I often get asked why it's important to practice yoga every day. Or, you know, if the definition of yoga, as we know it to be, is effort towards steadiness of mind, right? That's the true definition of the word. So say you want to run a marathon. Are you just going to go out one day and run 26 miles? You're not. You're going to practice running. You want to be a great soccer player. What are you going to do every day? You're going to go play soccer. I watch my daughter Darby. She wants to be a great softball player. She goes every day and she practices for an hour to two hours. The ability to stop and take pause is not a natural thing, right, Mayor? Like we talk about this all the time. It doesn't come naturally to the human mind to mm -hmm. stop, to pause. It's hard. Mm -hmm. it's work it takes practice. And so every day you imply, you apply tools that help you practice those tool, those things, those skills, right? Deep breathing, slowing down, staying in an uncomfortable place, noticing what arises. This is why we have these practices and they do improve our mental health. You know, practices of meditation that Mary teaches to people. How can you meditate and pause? Yoga practice. When I teach people, yeah, these postures are difficult. And you need to stay there and you need to notice what arises and you need to practice breathing deeply while you're doing it. Then you go out into your life and you're not so bombarded, so rattled all of the time, right? We hope with practice over time, it doesn't just come easily or, or, or just happen naturally. I don't want people to ever think that they should be able to do it better. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard and it takes practice and it takes the, like, yeah, it takes practice, you know, to, to learn how to watch the thoughts in your mind. And it comes slowly, but it does come. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to go back a little bit to when we talk about how healing hurts and um, we have to experience discomfort in order to move forward. So I think that's what a lot of people might struggle with as far as facing their 
inner demons or changing their points of view from being judgmental to less judgmental because I'm sure a lot of the people have been a lot of things I'm hearing now is people have to be uncomfortable enough in order to want change right but I think it's hard for people to allow themselves to feel that uncomfortable right you have to really um, let down your guard and be willing to deal with you know discomfort head-on and I think that's what a lot of people struggle with as far as just resolving conflict they don't want to feel uncomfortable they don't want to feel things that aren't you know safe and happy so they're going to spin off into other things or just maybe turn a blind eye and ignore the problem yeah so um what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on that? In there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, I agree. You know, I agree that it's uh, difficult and uh, scary. And, yeah, I mean, the work that I do with uh, people, you know, people that I work with, with clients, um, you know, I, I ask the bigger questions you know, the bigger questions in a sense of like, what is it that you want, you know, out of this? How do you want this to go? Yeah. What do you want to see? And then we work backwards from there, you know? Um, the idea of, uh, you know, there's reasons that, there's reasons that I have the thoughts that I do, you know? There's reasons that people hold on to beliefs and ideas and things, you know, they're protective in yeah. some ways. Sometimes it's a habit, sometimes it's protective, even though it's not, um, even though it, even though I don't like what's happening, the alternative feels so uncomfortable that right. I don't think I can go there, right? Yeah. So how do we start those conversations, right? How do we start? People avoid that. What's that? People avoid it. Exactly. People avoid it. Yeah. So what's the incentive? Because listen, I mean, yeah. You know, I teach meditation and people look at me and they're like, you meditate? I'm like, hell yeah, because I'd be a crazy person, right? If I didn't, <laughs> um, you know, but the question is why even do that? So why even start to change? Why even, you know, it's scary to think that I might not, what I'm thinking is not right. So interesting. And I'm putting quotes around, around that right, yeah. right? Yeah. It really isn't right or wrong in my view in a sense. But like, so yeah, so so that's scary to think that, oh, I might have to change what I've believed for 50 some years, 40 some years, 30 some years, whatever, you know, is it working for you? That's the question, a big question I always ask myself and other people, is what you're thinking working for you? Is yeah. that bringing you whatever your desired result is? Yeah, like what's the payoff? What are you getting from it? Yeah. 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 So that's an Go ahead, Carol. Sorry, were you going to say something? So it's interesting, you know. Um, you, you know, you think about these sort of defenses or defects of character, or whatever they may be. You know, at some point, our thoughts, our beliefs, our actions served us in our life, right? Maybe they don't serve us anymore. Um, maybe that that racist thought, that bigoted thought. Maybe that helps that individual grow up in a bigoted family to be accepted by that bigoted mother or father. Um, 
And then as adulthood sets in, there's don't, they don't serve you anymore. Like, what's the payoff? What are you getting from that? Is it serving you in your life anymore? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, it, for me, it just always all comes back to like, do you want a shift in your life? Do you want to change? Like, that's the first question. Like, or are you okay? Like, you know, do you want to? Is this causing you discomfort? When you when you mentioned this, Marie, the first thing that came up to me was an interaction that Mary and I had together. We were outside of my house, and I was telling her about something that was going on in my relationship. This was years ago. And I turned to her with this look on my face like, I know the answer. I'm like, yeah. I have to apologize, don't I? And she looked at me and starts laughing, and she goes, well, unless you want to keep struggling. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, man. Like, I knew the answer. I knew I needed to, like, step up, own my part. Um, and that's what it all comes down to. Like, what's my part in it? You know, like it keeps for me, just all of these things we're talking about, keep coming back around to like, what's my part in it? Totally. What role do I play? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, and Murray, I'm, I'm, I am aware of our time, but I, I do also, something that's just coming to me that a big piece of like, I was just thinking about, you know, what am I seeing like in, in terms of mental health and with people and the angst that is arising and kind of some of the places where that's coming from. And, um, you know, some of the messages are, you know, that this shouldn't be happening. Right. The pandemic shouldn't be happening. Right. George Floyd shouldn't have happened. Right. Um, all of them, right. These things that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. But they have. Right. Why are they? Yes. Right. So also too, in that, like, this is the world that we live in. Yes. How can I then embrace the right. unrest, yeah. right? In some way, you know, and, and so I see a lot of that angst in terms of like this fighting against this shouldn't be happening. You know, all these injustices shouldn't be. I don't know why they, um, I, I, I don't know why they're happening. I trust that as we continue to evolve as a human species, they're going to serve some purpose, you know, um, that we may or may not ever see, you know, but it's, again, it's every, all these places within my mind that, or the mind that we fight up against, yeah. which causes, yeah. you know, mental health, you think disease, it's dis-ease, dis dis-ease. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So, when we think about, you know, why these things are happening, because I think that's maybe going back to mental health, that's what a lot of people are feeling, right? They're feeling despair, they're feeling depression, they're feeling anger. Um, and really, you know, and I kind of had a moment with myself thinking, well, these are all the problems in the world. Um, police brutality, systemic racism, discrimination in the school systems and the housing systems and all of these things. How do we really, and then aside from just people's interactions with each other, right? How do we really solve this issue? This, that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And to think about the how complex the solution might be, and it's not just one solution, right? Because you have to fix all of these other things and take all of these other steps. So that's really, I feel like that must be really, I was overwhelmed myself. So to put myself in a black woman's shoes, how helpless and overwhelmed do you feel as 
our community in order to improve your life. So just thinking about that is really, I guess, mind opening for me. So I don't know, it's just as a person when observing it and semi experiencing it, it's very scary and overwhelming to think about all of what we would have to go through in order to solve this. Wow. That's big. Yeah. That's big. And, and when you were sharing, part of me feels like, because I, I at moments am blown away that they even have the wherewithal to find within themselves the will to keep fighting. I know. And yeah. to keep standing up and advocating. I am blown away. Like that is incredibly inspiring because I can also imagine. And again, this is, again, I, I, you know, I, I, I can fully never know, you know, what that's like for them, but it would make sense to me too, of like feeling a total lack of motivation and a, a feeling of why even bother, right. you know, just being exhausted from the that's continued like oppression per yeah. se. Right. So, you know, when I do see people that, um, that are able to find the wherewithal, even like, that's why I congratulate you guys again for doing this. People that are continuing to try to make the change when the history continually has fought against it and has not necessarily supported it. And also when you look forward, how overwhelming that can feel, how big. And that's why, again, I have to bring it down and I do encourage people to, Yep. It's got to start here. Yep. It's got to start somewhere. So imagine, listen, every time I teach a class, I say the same thing at the end of every class. End of every class, I say, or end of every cycle, I say, congratulations. And I thank them so much for participating because guess what? Now there are 15 or 18 more conscious people. That's right. More conscious human beings in the world. Yep. Because they realize over the eight weeks that it is not an easy journey to be aware, to, to look at my own stuff, yep. to not blame you for everything. Yep. And I so congratulate them for taking that journey because it's like, oh my God, now in this world, we have 15 more conscious people. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Right. 15 kinder people. Imagine yep. if people were like one person was kind, another person was kind, all these bigger, bigger problems. Right. They didn't get to where they are necessarily, potentially. I don't know for sure, but I do know that I see it happen in my own life. When I stop fighting so much against mm -hmm. and I begin working with, mm -hmm. things change, man. Things change. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so then I have another question about, so the three of us are very obviously compassionate people that want to see change. So, and, you know, being white, we have brought, been brought up on privilege. So now to put our, try to put ourselves in the shoes of someone who um, doesn't really see, I don't want to use negative terms. I don't want to say ignorant. I don't want to say racist, just, or even someone of privilege. I want to say somebody who maybe doesn't see an issue with the problems that other people are facing, how do we get them motivated 
to, because what were you saying before about incentive? Um, what do you want to see happen at the end of this? How do we get the people who maybe don't even see a problem with what's happening motivated to want change? Because that I feel like is the other overwhelming part of it. The fact that there are so many other people that, like you said, not to fight against, we have to work with in order to solve the big problems. I don't know if that question makes sense. Like, how do we get those other people who don't see an issue with what's happening motivated to work with us? I don't even know if we can answer that question. Yeah, it's interesting, Marie. Wow, oh my God. So I think it goes back to like what you're doing right now. You know, when I got on tonight, I was thanked you and Jamal so much for this is a brilliant, a brilliant, this is how you do it. Like in my view and like, I think about if I sit and think about the whole issue and everything going on and all of the, those issues that branch out, it is an overwhelming and it can paralyze you, you know? And I get reminded of, keep it simple. What can I do in this 24 hours to not cause harm? How can I be of service today? And like Mary, at the end of every class, I thank my students every single time. And I do that because one, I'm grateful that they're supporting my teaching, of course, but I'm also exactly what she said. I'm so grateful that maybe a mind was opened for a second, right? Maybe they had a breakthrough for themselves where they can be more compassionate to another human being. Maybe these are more, 10 more mindful people at the end of every class that are going to walk out and not judge somebody so harshly, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you begin in, mm -hmm. in my view. Like you're doing it, Marie. Like you're, you are doing it. Jamal's doing it. You're doing it. You're doing the work that it takes. Maybe someone will hear this podcast and, and something one of us says, and they'll be like, oh, whatever it is, you never know. I never yeah. know. And, and which is why I feel so optimistic about this. Like I, I know that a lot of awful, awful things are happening, but I also believe that every single thing happens for a reason nothing happens by mistake you know we're calling this the perfect storm yeah well in order for change to happen in order for a real revolution of any kind to happen it has to get pretty damn bad yeah right we're a very resilient breed the human race like we're pretty resilient and you look at the African-American community, my God, the resilience in that community. Look at what they're doing, what they're accomplishing, what they're able to still have love in their hearts mm -hmm. and want something to be better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to believe, and I do believe that from all of this, great things are happening in present time. Like things are happening. Minds are changing. People are talking. Voices are being heard. Look what you two are doing. Like, look what you're doing. This is, it's, you know, I see it as just so brilliant. And again, it's that, it's like a, sometimes I stand outside of myself and I look in at what's going on and I'm really blown away by the brilliance of people, by you, you know, I just, I think that, yeah, I, I you're doing, like the change is happening in small steps and that's, that's the way to do it, you know. Do you have anything to add, Mary, on that specifically? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I actually had an experience with someone that I wasn't aware, but is very much, or very much has different views than I do. 
So what I had to um, kind of realize within myself is wanting that person to be on whatever I call my side. Yeah. Wanting to bring them over to what I was thinking already means and has already set up the separation that what they're thinking is wrong and what I'm thinking is right. Uh -huh. okay. So I actually said that to this person. I said, well, I'm aware right now that I am that well, that we are, we are on very different pages and that um, I am scared of that, you know? So I, I validated my own stuff and then also said, you know, help me understand yeah. where you're coming from. Because obviously I don't. Right. right. So I don't know if the answer, listen, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. Can I be humble enough to say, I don't know if I'm right? Right. Oh boy. That's a scary uh, thought, right? Yeah. You know, um, I want you to think like I think because that's safer. Yes. And I have this pretty picture in my mind in terms of what the world would look like if everybody behaved like I did. Yes, that's interesting. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> and that ain't the truth. Because <laughs> that's not how it is. That's not what's happening, right? So who am I to say that what Mary thinks is right? right. All I know is I do see change happen when I'm nicer, when I'm a kinder person. Yeah. And you feel better, right? Let's talk about how you innately feel. Yes. You physically feel better when you're being kinder, when you're being compassionate versus... Yeah rather than when you're spreading negative energy. Right. right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know it immediately. It's like that biofeedback is right there. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And just, I mean, just to really like make that clear, there are absolute different neurochemicals that are released in the brain when I am saying something kind and when I'm saying something negative, yeah. a whole different cascade of neurotransmitters that get activated and neurochemicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, all different. Totally. Um, so I kind of had one final question for us. So for everyone feeling hopeless or in despair or depressed or angry, how can we channel all of this negative energy into good to try to make a positive change? And you can answer that from a mental health perspective or even just to relate directly to what is happening right now. Wow. Um, I mean, for me, that's a, it's a pretty clear answer. I think it's um, do whatever you can to really take care of yourself. I think to nurture yourself, to find some joy. Um, I think when we pay more attention to our, our selves, insides, our we innately are, are kinder, more compassionate, more loving. It's, it's like two plus two is four kind of thing. Right. When, yeah, I mean, for me, the answer is like, um, take care of yourself, you know, take care of your soul, take care of your heart, start with something, you know, anything, whether it's, you know, you might not have access to meditation or to yoga or, um, to any of the various mindfulness practices, but we all, you know, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's, 
you know, taking walks, spending time in nature. I think whatever it is, is to find something that nurtures you that is not outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. right? It turns your attention inward and helps you pay a little closer attention. Okay. Mary? Yeah, I, I, I do second um, all of that for sure. And uh, my first response was, um, call me. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're feeling desperate, despair, and hopeless and negative, uh, call me. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I too, you know, when I get into those places where there have been several moments of those over the last number of weeks. Yeah. Just one more minute. I'm scared to death to raise my kids in this world. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what do I do with that? Right. Um, which is very similar to what I would say to any of my clients, you know, of course, resonate or validating what Carol said, like what, what kind of lights your fire yourself, but, um, <laughs> it's something that my, uh, it's actually some, yeah. What's good. There's gotta be, there's something that's good. Right. That's right. good. Focus on one thing. One thing. What's good. It might be a blue sky. It might be that simple. You know, it might be the fact that, yes, I am breathing today. And maybe it, maybe people are unhappy that they're even breathing in this world today, right? That could be the case as well. Yeah. So what is good? What is good? We have control over those things. We yeah. do have control over what we think. Yeah. How much How much time are we spending on social media? Right. You know, in terms of like how much how much time am I spending feeding the negativity and the fear? Right. How much news am I watching? Yeah, yeah. Is that necessary? You know, right. how can I balance it out? They're so important. Like Carol said, getting outside, just looking at the sky, looking at the sky. Okay, the sky is the same where same sky. No matter where we are, if we look up, yeah, that's the same. Right. So yes, uh, limiting the amount of time and energy I put into negativity. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, definitely. So then we have to figure out once we figure out how to take care of ourselves, how do we put that good energy out into society in order to help start making changes for other people? So it's definitely for me, I feel like it's an ongoing process it's an ongoing effort yeah right so i don't know i feel like this has been a really good conversation to kind of tackle all of that um, and seek support too yeah, right support. right support. Seek support. yes my god my goodness yes seek support you that ma'am it's definitely in this time that we are not alone yeah. we do not need to yes we do not have to bear this burden alone seek support uh absolutely yes yeah so is there anything that you guys would like to add or kind of voice that doesn't have to necessarily do with mental health when i presented this idea for you is there anything that kind of you wanted to ask or talk about or any other points that you wanted to share um, no we're good no i don't think so i think yeah no yeah i mean yeah. yeah, you know, it's a let our energy be used to build and not destroy. Yeah. Okay, great. I thank you guys for joining. Guys, thank you no. so much for joining. Yeah. The, your outlooks are, are important. Um, and it's important to understand how you guys feel. 
and you know you guys have a safe place to come and talk with us and be heard and great. your information is all great and i and thank you it. for you guys sharing your insight as from a mental health perspective i hope that this helps people who maybe are feeling negatively to in order to try to solve that within themselves so this yeah. is really great thank you Awesome. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. Thank you so much for the us. platform, the opportunity. I just, I'm so, I feel very inspired and hopeful. I think that, you know, yeah, I just feel like you guys are going to just like take the world by storm. It's really inspiring. It's great. It's great. We hope so. You're awesome. Thank great. you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the new American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at the socialjusticepodcast at gmail.com.